Hi, we're back with the Inside Alberta podcast after a bit of a hiatus. I'm Don Braid, political columnist. I'm here with Chris Varco, our business, political, just about everything else columnist. We've got a lot going on, obviously a federal election, which is huge interest, uh, uh, even though results in Alberta seem pretty well predetermined. And we've also got, in the same week, we're looking at in a couple of weeks from now, Chris, we've got the uh, federal election on fe- October the 21st, and then we've got a monumental day in Alberta, uh, the budget on on October 24th. When it rains, it pours. <laughs> it certainly <laughs> does, but I don't think it's going to be pouring money this year in the <laughs> no. in the Alberta budget. I, I, it, it's going to be a budget like nothing we've seen since the early client Ralph Klein years when he began cutting, and the question is, how deep is he going to cut? And and uh, Jason Kenney has been changing his messaging on this because you remember how he always said during the election campaign, "Oh, we can we can cut or hold the line, and there be the cuts won't be that severe." Right. But but now he's talking like. Uh, we didn't realize how bad the revenue picture was. The revenue picture is much worse than we thought, even during the campaign when we hired a consultant to tell us how bad it was, and it's even worse than that. So he's setting the scene for some really, uh, 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 not maybe, perhaps not really severe, because he says it won't be like the Klein years, but for some significant cuts. It's interesting to see how he's going to play this down. I'm curious on your thoughts, because on the one hand, you've got an economy which is not doing very well. I think most people would think yeah. either we're, if we're not in recession, we're close to recession, and, and, and things are not doing tremendously well. We've got curtailment in place. We've got all of these issues with oil prices. I mean, oil uh, on Thursday slipped down. Uh, you know, we are at oil prices lower than they were before this, the, the attack on Saudi Arabia three weeks ago. Figure that one out. So the government's got its hands tied because they said they're not going to cut health care spending and they're not going to cut K-12 spending. And yet they're going to try and balance the books and maybe if they follow the, the path charted by Janice McKinnon in her report, cut $600 million out of spending in the next four years. How do you do that, Don, and where do you get that money from? Well, one of the places they're almost certainly going to get it from is advanced education. Now, they've they've exempted uh, basic K-12 education, but they really are. And in the McKinnon report itself, the two areas it focused on is big spending problems were healthcare and advanced ed. Mm-hmm. So I think we could actually see some significant, maybe not the actions might not be right away, but we could see some schools close. We could see some of the universities amalgamated with other schools, like maybe a couple of things get folded into the U of A campus or what happens to Athabasca, right. uh, the uh, university. We're, we're not sure of any of that. But but I think the point is we're going to see for the first time since the Klein era like real, cu- real cuts. And people aren't nearly as attuned now, even though the fiscal situation is obviously quite serious, they're not really as attuned as they were then. The reason they're not, Chris, is because interest rates. Back then, if you had a $100 debt and $18, uh, you know, $100 debt and the interest rate was 8%, that was serious, right? right. And multiply that by chameleons and you, you know how bad that was. I don't think people are quite as ready for this, even though they voted on mass for Kenny and he's convinced that this is, uh, this is what the people want, especially with the economy not doing too well. We'll see how hard they actually can push politically. I, I've been of the opinion, and I may be wrong, as I often am, but I'm of the opinion that I actually don't things may think things will be quite as bad in this budget as they will be next spring when it produces the next budget. And I think it's partly because of the fact is that they're still taking the reins of government and half of the fiscal year is already gone. I think it's really difficult to, to get any sort of significant cuts uh, in this fiscal year, but I do think they will lay out a plan for more significant cuts in the coming years. 
I'm wondering, Don, you have seen the dynamic that is going on with the public unions right now. Do you think we're looking at layoffs in the public sector? Well, they sure. I don't think we're looking at layoffs right away, but I think there's going to be a tremendous amount of pressure on on the unions to take take uh, cuts, small cuts, right. or to hold the line, including unions that have not had settlements in a number of years. It'll be neither or. Do you want do you want cuts or do you want to hold the line on spending? The old game they play. Right. And I don't know where this is going because the, the unions are really cranked up about this, and it hasn't been so much in the news lately because of the federal election campaign. But they're really ready to roll. So we could see strikes that are deemed illegal by the provincial government or, or will be again. Uh, so I think we could see some significant labor unrest of the type that we haven't seen really since the Klein years, where it was significant. Well, we're talking a lot about what's going on provincially, and of course the session begins next week, but really most of the political oxygen in this province has been taken up by the federal campaign. Uh, we're more than halfway through now. In some ways, Alberta feels like the land that elections forgot, certainly in Calgary, in terms of there's not been many federal leaders stopped through. There's probably not a lot of competitive races. What are you keeping your eye on here, Don, in the next two and a half weeks? Well, to see if there's any kind of breakout on the, on the national level, to see if anybody breaks out. This is a kind of, this whole campaign is paddling around in canoes. We've got two good canoe pictures so far, Singh and Trudeau. <laughs> I want canoe pictures of Elizabeth May and Andrew Scheer before I'm convinced everybody has their campaign finalized, right? Um, so we're waiting to see if anybody's going to break out, if Trudeau really is slipping, if Scheer can actually do it, if the Greens are going to be in position to form, form a minority government. And I'll Alberta is virtually, I've never seen, it's always like this in a federal campaign. We always know pretty much what's going to happen. I've never seen Alberta so meaningless and yet so central because everybody knows how Alberta is going to vote. I would be very surprised if the Liberals won one seat. Uh, and yet Alberta's industry is such a core part of the whole climate change discussion. And they're always talking around. They're never saying quite what they mean. I've, I've talked in the past a bit about how they need to tell us about compensation for Alberta if you really want to shut down the oil sands. None of that conversation is going. Extremely frustrating. I find the tone of the campaign to be really petty and almost kind of meaningless and, and kind of very relevant to Alberta in a negative way. Right. <laughs> and you don't quite know what to do about it because as long as you're going to vote this way, you know, you're not going to be big players in an election like this. What I find really interesting, and I agree with you, Don, is the discussion around the nexus of energy and environment. And I know that there is a lot of people in the energy industry and in the oil patch, particularly, watching the debate, watching to see whether we're going to be in a minority government or a majority yeah. government territory. I think for them, the minority government would probably be the scenario they would least like to yeah, see so because it's the most uncertainty. So tell me what, you, you talked to a lot of these CEOs, right. and you made a mention to me about uh, speaking to CEOs how about how they're feeling about the campaign. I guess they've been very blunt with you, so maybe you could tell us a bit about what yeah, they're saying. Yeah, some of them are very are very concerned, and, they, and they're particularly concerned about the tone of it. As, as you pointed out, there seems to be an idea here that because climate change is, is, is obviously a key concern, that that necessarily means that we have to do things that will impair or hurt the energy industry, which yeah. I think is is kind of the alarming tone that uh, has them worried. And I think for them, it focuses on two or three key issues here. Number one is what happens to the Trans Mountain Pipeline project. So as we all know, Justin Trudeau and his Liberal government bought that project for $4.5 billion. It's now been reapproved. Construction is supposedly about to kick into gear here. Um, but we've got Elizabeth May and Jagmeet Singh from the NDP both saying they don't 
support the project. So what happens if the project encounters any hiccups and we're in a minority government situation? Exactly, yeah. The, the market access issue continues to be the most pressing concern for the oil patch, and I, so I think they're watching that. The other issue I think they're really watching is what happens on the discussion on LNG. That's very important for the natural gas sector. And Elizabeth May obviously is not in support of more LNG projects, and I guess the question is, if there's a minority government and somehow she has sway on those determinations, much like what happened in British Columbia with Mr. Horgan, uh, does that mean that LNG can't go ahead? If LNG can't go ahead, that really means that there's not a lot of places for Canadian natural gas to go. It will limit the expansion of the natural gas sector. So you've got those kind of er, those issues bubbling. You've got you know Bill C-69, which was passed, kind of bubbling. There's concerns about whether they can raise foreign capital if whatever the next form of government doesn't seem to be willing to see this industry expand. Mm. These are all big issues, existential issues. And uh, you know, as I'm going to write in a column here in the next couple of days, the oil patch has hit a gusher. And the gusher is anxiety. There is <laughs> angst running through the industry. Yeah, and you know, I think there is this possibility of a minority government, most most likely or more likely a minority a liberal than conservative. A conservative uh, winning more seats than liberals would pose the issue of whether the other parties would support the conservatives or whether the liberals would end up governing anyway. Elizabeth May, if her party wins 15 seats, could actually say to Trudeau, I'll only support you until unless you decide uh, you're going to cancel the pipeline, because that's their demand. Cancel right. that pipeline. And it's also Singh's demand. Oddly enough, it's not in Singh's platform, but he has said it publicly, and it's been announced on, on several occasions. Now, so what, do we, what, what happens then? And I would recommend, Chris, for anybody who wants to know, I, I think the Greens are becoming more and more significant in they will be over time more significant. Maybe not in this election, but they've shown us in, in the past year that they can win seats in various places. Read the Green Platform. It is a wartime document where Elizabeth May uses the example of Dunkirk and war powers for government to fight climate change. So if Trudeau is in office with that kind of support, I don't know where we go with Trans Mountain or any energy policy that's helpful to the Alberta industry, because she also wants to stop immediately all drilling of gas wells, oil wells, everything else, right? This is all leads us back to the provincial scene with Jason Kenney. He was at a speech at the Calgary Chamber of Commerce on Tuesday where he talked about him seeing the country being balkanized uh, on the federal campaign with some parties saying that they don't want to see pipelines being built, basically mm -hmm. intruding upon, in some ways, the provincial jurisdiction on resource development, these kind of issues. Um, where do you think Mr. Kenny sees his role uh, as the premier in this federal campaign? Well, obviously, he strongly supports uh, uh, Scheer and the, and the Conservatives, and he's done campaign appearances. But I think he's laying fairly low. I think they think that Scheer is doing okay. And, and Kenny is a divisive figure. He's smart enough to know it. We know uh, that, that Ford has hurt the Conservatives in Ontario. Right. But that's a whole different story. Um, so I don't think he's going to get you know get th that involved. He, they've told me that the, he'd do a couple of appearances in the 905, perhaps late in the game, but I don't think I think you're going to see him laying low, especially since they don't think they have to do may not think they have to do anything really dramatic to raise Singh up. Well, uh, sure, I mean, I'm sorry. Right. Well, the campaign's only got a couple of uh, weeks to go. We've got the English language debate uh, next to look forward to. I guess that will really determine, I guess, where this where this back half of the campaign goes. Yeah, well, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks, and we'll be back for them. Thanks very much.